Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. This is episode eight of our Everything Under the Sun series for 2023. And our first rays of focus this week is going to be the incredible stormy weather that has returned to the West Coast. We've seen snow levels drop to historic low levels over the last week or so. And even more storms here in the next couple of weeks with atmospheric river potential bringing much more rain and snow to the region. In some ways it's good, but in many ways it's bad. We'll talk with someone who's been on the ground looking at this whole situation from Los Angeles. And we'll talk to to our long-range expert, Paul Pastelock, in our second segment about how long this will go on in the West Coast and some other spring highlights as we see temperatures soar in the eastern part of the country, only now to be squashed down by some chillier weather there. Friends, sit back and relax. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. We talked about that first round of prolific West Coast storms right before and after Christmas. And now we're into our second phase of this with uh, some of the pictures from last week's storms, which brought snow levels down to the Hollywood sign and the Los Angeles basin and parts of it have brought snow levels that are historic lows from that storm. And now we're going to bring another round of prolific rain and snow to that region on a couple of more occasions as an atmospheric river starts to brew and bring a, a couple of really problematic storms here as this podcast drops Wednesday into Thursday, early Friday, and then another one next week. Leslie Lopez is the morning meteorologist for ABC7 in Los Angeles, KABC. Of course, our great partnership with the ABC-owned and operated stations here at AccuWeather has been something we've appreciated to work with over the years. And uh, Leslie is a Southern Cal native, and she knows that area well. And so she's been in the heart of experiencing what has been another round of problematic storms. She gives us a lowdown on what's been happening there and what to expect with this new round of storms coming in and give us some perspective there. And then coming up in our second focus segment, we'll be talking with Paul Paslock to see how long this continues. But Leslie Lopez, the morning meteorologist from KBC, ABC 7 Eyewitness News, joins me now on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Well, Leslie, first of all, welcome in. Uh, it's great, this partnership that uh, AccuWeather has with our ABC stations and KABC and you doing mornings there. You've gotten an up-close-and-personal view of all of this storminess. Um, you know, I happen to be out uh, in Southern California. I was there for the Rose Bowl when Penn State played there uh, right before New Year's. So it was that first parade of storms that was going to yeah. uh, really uh, impacted uh, life there all the way through that time period. And then it kind of led up a little bit. And the last couple of weeks, then, it's been this onslaught again of storms uh, with the amazing cold air that was involved with this last one that brought the snow levels down so much. So much to unpack here. But for the average Southern California person, including yourself, I mean, this has been pretty remarkable over the last uh, couple of weeks, especially. But this whole winter has been extremely remarkable, right? It's been absolute, uh, fast, absolutely fascinating to just watch and witness the whole 
thing unfold. I mean, we're talking about nine different storms since January that mm. have rolled really the end of December through January and then February. Now we're here in March and we have, we're talking about the atmospheric river again, potentially by this weekend. And what's interesting about what I've been noticing is just how individualized each of these storms are. They're so different from one another and yet they're bringing in heavy amounts of rain. And then this last one brought in this heavy amount of snow, but unique. Each each one has been unique and has its right. own unique components. There's one that was a windstorm and it was absolutely insane. Then this mm-hmm. one that rolled in that really is probably causing the most dire of situations for a large population in the mountains would be the snow that people are stuck in. I think I think that was some of the most incredible imagery that I saw from this last round of storms. And and we have some folks who have lived and worked in Southern California that work and contribute to AccuWeather for many years. And, and they were just uh, absolutely relating the incredible stories about how areas that normally don't have problems getting in and out with storms on the West Coast were having problems much lower in the elevation, right? As you got down towards uh, the the L.A. Basin, I mean, there were places that hadn't seen that much snow in decades. And it really, uh, we're just still unwinding that. And you're right, we're getting ready for another round of storms, this one with plenty of moisture, almost that atmospheric river situation coming here middle of the end of the week. So um, has there been enough time to recover from some of those lower elevation snows around the L.A. Basin? Or is this going to be real problematic with the rain on top of that snow here in the next couple of days? I think, I think it'll be if people are not out of their homes by now. And I know a lot of people are having to now hire private plowing companies just because there aren't enough resources to get some people out of their homes or get their mm. car, their driveways. Um, and I've been watching all these videos that people keep sending me from the effort happening uh, in our mountains. And it's really just hard to watch. And one of the things that, you know, as we get farther and farther away from the first snow that fell, or at least the dumping of snow that fell, the snow is just hardening and turning Mm. into, we're trying to dig out of that. I mean, the actual manpower and the the force, I mean, watching people truly exhausted trying to get their cars out is really just hard to witness. So there's rain. Of course, you know what happens when rain and snow mix, it really does create more problems for people. So I just don't, yeah, I don't think it's enough time. It's just not enough time to get to get things prepared for the next round. Now, are we going to see that much snow? It doesn't look like it. For no. Southern California, it's probably maybe we'll get a little bit of snow, but it looks maybe more like a rainmaker and even still a very low chance that Southern California is going to get hit hard with that. But then it looks like even into the following week, not not, not this weekend, but the next. Right. That you might be setting up for another round of atmospheric river condition. So, you know, I can't handle it, it seems like right now. I think the snow situation can be a catch-22. There are times when you've got all that snow and you don't want the rain. It, it actually absorbs the rain a little bit, which helps mitigate the longer t- or the, the initial flooding situation. But I think, and talking to some of my colleagues here, this is going to be a unique spring. We're actually may have two maxes in terms of uh, melt and flooding. The the first max from the lower level snow that uh, you know we hadn't seen and now we're dealing with, you're going to get rain on top of that. And then your normal later spring melting from the higher level snow. So there could be a couple of different rounds of problems even after the storminess has gone. Is that something folks out there have been talking about to people about how this is all going to unwind here in the next several no, weeks? I don't think so. I think, I think that's a good topic to start, you know, really honing in on, especially people that are living near, uh, you know, flood basins, dams, rivers, um, all of, all of those 
all those places could easily get flooded. And what's interesting too, is like we talk about how wonderful it has been for our drought situation. Mm. And yet people are kind of confused as to like, well, we got so much rain, like our, our, the, the drought should be eradicated. And the answer really is so much of our drought conditions are dependent on water percolating down into the groundwater uh, catches. And, and we don't, you know, groundwater has to be replenished and we don't have that here in Southern California just yet. It has to take, we have several, several more years of that. And then all that water that goes away, you know, we always talk about how building more reservoirs and, you know, catch basins, but we don't have those here in Southern California. So we continue onward with kind of the same problems, but now adding in a new component, which you're mentioning is now with all the rain that we receive. Now, what happens when it starts to melt and go down river? We haven't really talked about that. And then you throw in, and let's say that is happening, and you throw in one really good storm on top of that. Now we're mm. in real big trouble. Yeah, we're we're combining the 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 melt, the flooding from that rain on top of it, more problems with uh, mudslides, landslides, everything moving around and shifting out there. Friends, we're talking with Leslie Lopez, morning meteorologist on ABC Seven Eyewitness News, proud partner with AccuWeather here for many years in the Southern California area. Um, well, you grew up in Southern Cal. Right, Leslie, and 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 have been working in television, San Diego, Bakersfield. So you've known this whole region. So not only is it the L.A. area that's suffering, but up to San Francisco and the Bay Area has been really suffering from these storms as well. You've been watching all those videos, all the videos that are so accessible now because of technology and social media and just understanding people's, uh, you know, the rescue efforts that are underway are absolutely harrowing. So people really are dealing with a lot in California, Some a place that we're not used to this type of weather. What I find interesting and a topic that I'm interested in at the moment is, you know, we're still in a La Nina pattern. So how many La Ninas can we say have had this type of torrential rain? I mean, this is one of the most historic, unique La Ninas ever. And now we are entering a neutral pattern, but we're entering it. We're not, you know, we're, we're just starting out. So what does that yeah, mean? I, I think the, the the overall, the fact that that was a two-year La Nina, which really nobody saw coming, and that it had strengthened that second year. It had waned a little bit. You're right. And then it strengthened again going into the beginning of this winter. Now it kind of eased off and we're, you're right, we're kind of relaxing into that. But that's a great question and something that uh, we've been talking about with our, our long-range folks, Paul Passlock and everything. But yeah, this is historic in terms of the length of the La Nina and its impact and and just how everything was positioned, unfortunately, for everything to come together to have these two big uh, kind of series of storms now. We had the first one, the little bit of break, and now we're seem to be in the second series. Uh, you know, you touched on a little bit, Leslie, but talk a little bit too about what folks out there are also saying about, you know, drought mitigation. You're right. The way that we mitigate groundwater problems in the basin is to get that slow melt of stuff uh, from the higher elevations down through the system. And we didn't have that last year because we had the drought of uh, snow all the way through the late winter, early spring. Different story this year. Is there some hope at least that we're going to at least put some dents into the, the drought situation and for people to have a little bit better situation going forward this spring and summer? Well, there's no doubt that this is absolutely immeasurably helpful. This is great, especially because of how dire our drought situation was looking like for the last several years. So this is an absolute win. However, 
Um, there's always a however. We <laughs> could always do a better job of collecting the water, storing the water, keeping the water. And so much of it goes out into our ocean. So reservoirs are always a topic and always a consideration. And yet it seems like we just talk about it a lot. Now, it seems as though this might be the first year that things are actually getting underway. Planning for more reservoir reservoirs uh, are, is underway. So that's nice to hear. But ultimately, uh, that does need to be a priority for Southern California, especially because we get so much of our water imported. In addition to drought conditions, just really create such a problem for not only California, but specifically for Southern California. And then once it comes down all the way down to LA, down to San Diego, the water just gets more and more expensive just because of how far it's traveled. Right. So if we want to make you know inroads and in helping our drought situation, helping our population, it has to be with creating more avenues for keeping water or, you know, I know, I know in San Diego, they've done the, um, the desalination plant down in San Diego and that's very expensive, but there are, there are ways to get water, but it's nice if we can capture mother nature's water. You know, um, that old uh, song, it never rains in Southern California. Um, uh, certainly <laughs> for years, the, the draw of LA and the basin was that the weather was nice a lot of the year, where in other parts of the country it wasn't. How are Los Angelinos and everyone else in that region dealing with what has been a really challenging? I mean, this mentally, I think, has to be a real challenge for not only people that have been there all their lives and really never seen this, but people who went to Southern California thinking they were going to get one kind of weather. And here we are in one of the stormiest parts of the country here over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends that have, this is their first um, time in California, spending time here for the first time. This is the winter that they've been met with. Um, you know, I think we've had cold, we've had rain. It's been many, many years. Uh, it hasn't lasted this long. And I know, I know that, you know, the first spring day that's warm and sunny and you feel the heat, it's going to be, it's going to feel like a celebration, like the party just arrived. And that is on the way. But for now, we're just kind of stuck in this pattern. But hopefully it just helps us appreciate the spring and the summer that's going to be around the corner. And hopefully it's a really nice one. But it is it is different. I mean, we do feel like we are experiencing a, se- a true season. which you know, winter, little- like, that, like those of us out on the East Coast yeah. deal with, right? It's almost yeah. like uh, you, you folks have uh, magically gone to the East Coast a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of those days, it just felt like we were in the Midwest. It was just blustery and mm. cold dry and then a little spitting rain and then here mm. came was we've had it kind of all we've had all of it so it's been fun for from a weather caster's perspective it's been fun to try to get people navigating around it it's been also really sad to watch um how unprepared we are and also see people you know dealing with uh things that they weren't even anticipating flooding flash flooding of course getting caught in the snow and so it ends up becoming life-threatening. And of course, we know we know from our experience as weather forecasters, a lot of these events can be. And so trying to get people prepared is part of our job. But then certainly there, there have been some f- fun elements to it too, in terms of trying to understand the forecast and get people excited about what's coming and then hopefully also prepared. I mean, it's all very, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is. Give no, people- I, I, I get you because uh, it, it's exciting from us because meteorologically we're seeing things we've never seen before. And then, but you're right. We have a responsibility as meteorologists and communicators to help folks, but there's sometimes we just can't help them because what's happening is happening and we're just got to prepare them. 
that's the only help we can give. We can't necessarily prevent anything, but we can give them the information. Appreciate all your information, Leslie. This has been great. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, we end our time here? It's so wonderful. It's great to follow AccuWeather. You guys are always such a great source of information for me, especially in the morning. I just so appreciate your guys's uh, forecasting and everything you guys do with the AccuWeather. So thank you for all of the help and support because that's really what we need over here too, especially this winter. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Leslie, thanks so much. Thank you. If you'd like to follow Leslie on Twitter, you can do so. ABC7, Leslie Lopez, ABC, the number seven, L-E-S-L-I-E-L-O-P-E-Z for her Twitter handle. And we'll put other links that we can up on our uh, supporting information for the website as well. How long is this going to last for the West Coast and what's going on? In the eastern part of the country, more severe weather possibilities in the southeast, and it has been a little bit more stormy from the Great Lakes into the northeast of New England the last couple of weeks. Does that continue? Our long-range expert, Paul Pastelock, joins me next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. As we roll on, as we take a look at the West Coast storm situation, and I'm bringing in our expert long-range forecaster, Paul Pasolak, to give us an idea of just how long this parade of storms and this potential for atmospheric river moisture will go as we drop this podcast on Wednesday, right in the thick of it again, and also get Paul's uh, take on the rest of the country, because some interesting changes are starting to come about here as I've been looking at things. Paul, it's good to see you. Uh, we talk with um, folks out there at KABC in Los Angeles, and this has just been, you know, another round of onslaught for then we had that onslaught before Christmas into just after it, and it kind of paused a bit. For the last couple of weeks, these have been monmouth, mammoth, monumental storms. I'm trying to make one word out of two, but incredible with the amount of moisture, the lowering of the snow levels to levels that we haven't seen in our lifetime. I mean, it's been pretty incredible, and the hits just keep on coming this rest of this week. You can look at the numbers, the amount of snow, and be wowed by that. But it's the um, the water content, the equivalent water content that's in the snowpack and how low it is, like you said, uh, Dean, that, that's going to be a big concern Yes. in the near term. For the future, it's a benefit. Right. But in the near term, where is all that water going to go and how fast is it going to go? 
normalcy or historically averaged way things work is that that L.A. Basin relies on the trickle down effect from the snow melt and the elevations in the Sierra and the upper the bigger mountains. What's happened here is, I believe, and I think others have been talking about, we're going to get really almost two separate melts. And that first one is going to be problematic um, the L.A. Basin doesn't have a good job, a uh, good way to capture. That's what our, our folks mm-hmm. at KBC said. Capture that water from that first runoff. So that may go away. But what it is going to create is a lot of problems, a lot of undermining of soil and dirt and things that are going to be able to slide away. And then you get the second round and that may exacerbate that whole situation. It's, it's a tough call. It is. And the thing is, is that if we did not, if we saw a shutdown in the amount of precipitation that's still coming... Mm. Uh, then maybe not as bad. Still some flooding concerns, but not as bad. The problem is is that we're not over. Yet. Right. We still have chances for more precipitation. Because of the way I say that is because we're not looking for a massive warm-up like we saw the last two years. Right. It's more the gradual type of warm-up, all that soil moisture. Oh, it's going to stop things from happening too severe in that nature. But with the two systems that we're still watching here, that is troublesome, and especially those mid-elevation areas where the the snowfall is still, I think, in a the foot uh, one to two feet, feet right, range. Right, right. Uh, it's melt one to three actually, and the higher elevations, you know, that'll be the second snow melt that we're we're looking at uh, down the road. So you really got a a two punch here, and it's the first one I'm really concerned about. That's going to be hard to handle, right? Sometimes snow can be an absorber of the rain, mm-hmm. um, but then you get to a point where it's so laden with that water content, and then it just almost becomes a just a, a runoff situation for those areas. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And you lose some of that water. You don't right. capture that. No. It runs off, and right. it turns into that mudslide stuff that you were just talking about. So. But the, the good news with this is because of the amount, then, of snow that will keep getting added to in the, upper, in the higher mountains here with these next couple of storms, I mean, we're in good shape to help the drought situation overall for those more uh, inland reservoirs and those kinds of things. I think the central drought is gone. Okay. It's gone. It, 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 with the next two systems coming up, it's almost, you know, just the nail is has been pushed all the way down. Okay. It's the northern areas and southeast California that still have some drought conditions, long-term issues still to go. The southeast area is mostly the desert area, so there's not a lot of population in that region. But the northern area is still kind of dealing with a few things going on there. But it's, it's to me, these next two systems, I think, are going to, to really nail it down. The midweek system and the one towards the weekend. Exactly. The one uh, towards the weekend. I think the one toward the weekend and then next week. Oh, then there's another one next there's weekend. There's a next one. Ne- right. another, the pattern in the Pacific is changing, just like it every, everywhere else well, is Well, yeah, we're going to talk about that here in a second. And I think that is going to be another big event, uh, especially for Central California. So we're talking with our long-range expert, Paul Pasolak, here on Everything Under the Sun. Let's kind of take a broader view now of the whole country. So here in the east, we've been uh, an uptick in activity here with some systems. they kind of running over the top, getting the, the Great Lakes and then coming down into uh, the Northeast. There's another one that we have to watch for this weekend mm-hmm. ahead, which reminds me a lot of the first system last week, right, where that brought some colder air on its own down into New York and Boston. So that could be interesting. Um, are we flipping? What are, what are we flipping here? To me, it's are we setting up now for the results of the sudden stratospheric warm up? 
the weakening of the polar vortex, and now this cold air that AccuWeather has been advertising for a while to start coming down and making our life not so good on the eastern side of the world here with cold temperatures as we go through the rest of March into early April. Right. We had two warming events that kind of worked on the polar vortex. The first one is actually already affecting northern Europe, UK. Those places are getting hit with cold and stormy weather. The second one just kind of, you know, really knocking it down even more. Now, we're not looking for what we've seen in the past, these dramatic, huge Arctic pushes all the way to the south out of this polar vortex disruption. It's a pattern changer, and that's what we've kind of advertised, and it's happening. And it's going to kind of stay that way, looking at some of the latest modeling, for the next three to four weeks. We really don't get out of it. So I don't see extreme cold getting into the east and the southeast of the United States, but I do see a more persistent pattern that's more chilly, more stormy. And, uh, again, you can see some snow from time to time. Unfortunately, it's later than earlier. Right. As as warmer than average as February was, this March will be at least normal, if not below average, Mm -hmm. and that will feel cold to people. I mean, it's already—I've just thought about the last couple of days around here where we are— where you can feel that chillier feel, even though the sun's better, right? We got better sun angle, but I think that's going to be the kind of uh, thing that people are going to have to watch. And who needs to be watching out for storms? Is it all the way from the Great Lakes into the Northeast on occasion here in the next couple of weeks? Well, here's the change: the places that have been getting hit the snow, the Dakotas, yeah. Minnesota, Minneapolis, right. for instance, in the 70s right now, and snow uh, snowfall for the season. They start to ease back a little bit on the bigger systems. They right. get a little bit, and now it's like Detroit. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, New York, maybe Boston, these places are starting to get some opportunities as storms start to cut a little bit farther south instead of, you know, the inside cutters taking right. that, that slant towards uh, the Great Lakes and right. Ohio Valley just right. a little farther Keeping east. the eastern seaboard on the warm side. Now we're going to dip into that cold for the eastern seaboard. Are we also set up for a potential big coastal storm here as we go through the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. We have three chances here. Okay, we have one this weekend. There could be some development offshore, probably late a little bit here. Right. Uh, the one early next week, 13th and 14th of March, we are looking at the possibility of something getting un- going through the Tennessee Valley. Yep getting to the Mid-Atlantic coast and then exploding. Tuesday, Wednesday for the Mid-Atlantic coast up into New England, Wednesday, Thursday. I think the problem with that one, Dean, is it either explodes and hits New England or it misses too far to the south. To the south, right. And And, and it's just chilly for New England. Right, right, exactly. And then if that one misses... Then I think the next one behind that <laughs> later always in the, week, the next one. <laughs> the later one is set up because now you have some cold air in place. The, the if it, we do get the storm early next week, it may take a lot of the cold air with it and the second one ends up being rain again. So there's kind of this, you know, hey, we got two storms next week. Which one is it going to be? One other thing is the unprecedented amount of severe thunderstorms and tornadic activity yeah. that we've had already here uh, February into now the beginning of March. How's that looking here with this pattern change over the next few weeks? As active as we start it, it actually may be more of a positive in the in the way that we have all this chilly air, more stable air starting to cover most of the country. It may calm down and, and kind of put a little bit on the coverage area of severe weather. Right. And so the Gulf Coast and possibly the Plains still susceptible to getting some severe weather, 
But the Ohio Valley, the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic, nothing really early. Ten- uh, Tennessee Valley, and those yes, areas have been getting exactly. hit a lot here, too. Keep the so. dew points down. Keep the flow going out of the north. That will hold back the severe weather. All right. Uh, and then uh, still our concern, especially east of the Mississippi, with some of these late-season freezes and frosts is still something we need to be careful of as my daffodils want to push out and all mm-hmm. my other flowers here in uh, central Pennsylvania. So that's something that we need to keep an eye on. Still got to worry about that for late March into April when the, the north Normals, the, the the historical average of when we get, right. uh, you know, these frost and freeze, that's still on the table from Tennessee all the way to the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic and Carolinas. Yeah. My hydrangeas don't like that, but it is what it is, right? Hey, what about lake effect? We got we got the lakes still at wide open, wide open right. right now. So the cold air is coming over that. Yeah, we're going to have maybe some nasty lake effect stuff in the spring where we normally see that kind of stuff in the fall. Exactly. How many people remember getting lake effect in March? No, you know? no. so it's been a while. Shh, quiet, <laughs> Paul. It's always great. Thanks for your help here because I know this is it's going to next few weeks going to be very volatile across the country. I think so, and it's a change. Like you said in the beginning, uh, it's a change for people. It's not so much the the actual cold or how cold it is. It's it's just what it's been like right. to what it's going to be. So. Right, right. I'm already shivering. <laughs> Paul Pastelock here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. All right, friends, make sure that you are keeping up to date no matter where you are in this stormy situation over the next several weeks, out west, up in the Great Lakes, and our northeast scenarios here as we go uh, this weekend and into uh, early next week. You can follow along on our AccuWeather app, uh, both on the Apple side and the Android side. You can also get our latest information on our website, AccuWeather.com, and from there you can get into AccuWeather Now, which is a compilation of our streaming AccuWeather network service and other information that you can watch live and keep up to date. And then, you know, also with our great media partners like the ABC owned and operated television stations, including KBC. And we thank Leslie Lopez for joining us in our great radio stations that I get to appear on every weekday. We are so proud to be part of that story and part of the way that folks try to weatherproof their life. Our hundreds of team members work hard every day to do that. And we've got lots of great information coming on everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Again, what we do is talk about where the weather meets your life. We're going to talk about some gardening here soon because as we talked about a few weeks ago, things are way ahead of schedule especially on the eastern side of the country and there could be some problems now some of this colder air that Paul talked about comes into play over the next several weeks. We'll also talk about uh, pests with this early warm up out east we've got um, insects buzzing about already a little earlier than schedule. See if that's going to be something we need to keep an eye on. We're also going to talk about spring training is coming to fruition here. It's Believe it or not, it's baseball season around the corner. All of those things including gardening, astronomy, and everything else where the weather meets your life. That's where we'll talk about in the coming weeks. For our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, and those hundreds of team members here at AccuWeather that work so hard every day, I'm Dean DeVore, proud to host Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.